the GD Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Green, gardening, and environment radio flavored with a dash of humor. Welcome to intelligent, irreverent talk about plants and the planet they grow on. And here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. Good planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. Welcome to the GD Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki and for you folks out in GD land, and I'm sure you all like to eat well, don't you? You like to go to those restaurants. Well, you know, if you're not cooking at home, you like to go to the restaurants to try new things mm-hmm. and cool things, right? I like to go to the farmer's market and browse around. Exactly. So does our guest today. He is Chef Jason Hamill, uh, and he's not a movie star. No, he wasn't in Star Wars. <laughs> it's Jason Hamill. And uh, he is the chef of Lula Cafe in my neighborhood in Chicago. Uh, but also uh, he has uh, another restaurant, Marisol, at the Museum of Contemporary Art. And he is a guy who brought the whole idea of farm dinners to Chicago, farm to table, which you might have heard about. You might have heard that that phrase and it's becoming a big deal and he started it 20 years ago when nobody was doing it well very few let me put it that way pioneer he is a pioneer and we're very pleased to have jason hamill on the show today but as they say in the biz a word from our sponsor this gd podcast is brought to you by the envy heater the envy heater is a super-efficient wall-mounted electric panel heater that looks great in any setting and heats up a room in just minutes. Costing only $0.04 per hour to run, the Envy Heater is a great product for people looking to reduce their carbon footprint and save money. Safety is a priority. They're great for homes with small children and pets because of their cool-to-the-touch design. It's easy to install, Envy, and you can do it yourself in just a few minutes. Have more heat when and where you want it and spend less money with the Envy Heater. That's spelled E-N-V-I-H-E-A-T-E-R. Find out more about the Envy Heater at eheat.com. had to play something appropriate coming into this segment. You know this song, don't you? I do know this okay. song. Okay. It's like, well, you know, because I don't know anymore. You get to the point, you're you're a youngish guy. I'm not a young guy. Yeah. <laughs> I've been around. Yeah, you have been around the block. Uh, that's Jason Hamill, uh, who is the proprietor, the founder of Lula Cafe in my neck of the woods. And Logan it's ca- Square. Uh, Logan Square. Um, and he was there... Uh, before Logan Square was cool, uh, I, I, which I wrote on my blog. Uh, and you can go to MikeNovak.net and see some of the links and some of the information about Jason Hamill. Um, and I know about this because you started the restaurant in 1999. Did. I moved to Logan Square in 2000. Oh. So, so we both came there came when, right. it, when it wasn't cool. Uh, now the We're diff- visionaries. Yeah, well, I, well, here's <laughs> Pioneers. The pro- here's the difference, though. Here's the problem. Your area, because you're right in the square became cool 
my area, which is like at Armitage and Kimball, still isn't cool. It's just, oh yes, it's coming. Well, coming not, up yet. Hard. not yet, okay. not yet. Not yet. A couple coffee shops nearby. Uh, you've got Giant. You have uh, Bungalow. I mean, just a little bit east of you. Those yeah, are see, really and that's cool and that's see, and that's what I always say is a little bit east. That's the wall of money. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you can yeah. feel, or the tidal wave of money is coming west, mm-hmm. and we do have. Um, uh, the vegan place. I'm sorry. Um, ah, I'm 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 forgetting the name of it. It's uh, ground control. Ground control. Thank you. Thank you very much. Ground control, which is on Armitage, and that is just right across Kimball's. But that block, the minute it's almost like the minute you you cross over Kimball, it's a vast wasteland. Well, when I first moved here, you weren't allowed to cross over Ashland. So you know, <laughs> what I mean? uh, those, you know were, those I, were the the frontiers. Uh, and, it and, changes, right? And I just heard one of the mayoral candidates yesterday i think it was um lori lightfoot saying we've got to change the city so that uh places west of ashland are actually part of the city mm-hmm. they feel like they belong and you're right that for a long time logan square wow that was that was in the middle of nowhere right when you went under the viaduct at western and entered mm-hmm. into this greenscape, you felt like you were going into a different world yeah absolutely yeah. so why did you start there? One of the things I read in one of the stories was <laughs> there wasn't there wasn't a lot of risk. Uh, it wasn't like yeah. you were spending a ton of money um, to in the tax base to to stay there. No, I mean I the I have an unusual story in that um, I moved to Illinois to go to graduate school. Um, I had a friend who was from Chicago, and uh, he said, uh, you know, if you're moving to Chicago, um, you should move, live in Logan Square. And you should go to this coffee shop called Logan Beach, um, which was, um, you know, your classic 90s bohemian coffee shop. And I did that exact thing. Uh, I went to Logan Beach um, and Logan Beach became my nexus, my community, everything for me. And uh, that's where I met uh, my future wife and the co-owner of uh, Lula, uh, Leah, and uh, all of my friends. And eventually Logan Beach closed and Leah and I took over. Um, so that's the story. On the first day I went to Logan Beach, it was the first day I was in Chicago. And that is the space that is now Lula. So there was no risk at all. I, we, we just got, we were, there was no intention either. You know, it was more, you know, I never imagined we were building a restaurant. Mm-hmm. We were building, a, we were continuing an active community space that we didn't want to see uh, leave the neighborhood. And fast forward to 2019, and we'll go, and we'll fill in the gaps sure. at some point. Twenty but, years, <laughs> but 20 years go by so quickly. Uh, fast forward to 2019, and you're you're just you're just collecting all these awards this year. It's just uh, it's 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 kind of cool. Uh, obviously, uh, the reason you're on the show today uh, is because of the Good Food Expo coming up, and Peggy and I are there every year, and we've often talked to chefs of the year. Uh, not everyone, but uh, we had the the honey butter chicken folks mm-hmm. here, and uh, good and I, friends, and uh, Paul Fehrenbach. Mm-hmm. I talked to him a couple several years ago, and and it's great to talk to the, the different people and the different kinds of things that that they do. And so you're getting the Chef of the Year award, but you also got one earlier this year, um, mm-hmm. which was uh, okay. And I and I don't have the, it right. The Jean Bonchet Award. Thank you. Thank you. I was uh, like the local, the local, the too. local Oscars of of the food world yeah. for, Chicago, right. for Chicago. And then you're a final, a semifinalist, a semifinalist. with the uh, James Beard Awards. Yeah. And so, when do, when do you find out about that? Uh, it's at the end of the month. So are you just clearing out a place on your mantle? For no, all I mean the it trophies? would be no, it would be nice. To, um, but you know, it's very obviously it's really nice to be recognized like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been um, 
I've been here f- doing this for a long time and yeah. uh, I have really great teams at both restaurants and uh I you know it's an honor for the team as much as it is for mm-hmm. me and a recognition of you know building over time yeah. um and that that I really do appreciate and uh, one of the things that's been great for me is that I've been at the Jean Bonchet, for example, the awards every year the last like five or six years because not because of me, because of other people that I've mentored who've been up for pastry chef of the mm-hmm. year or rising star, or et cetera. You know, and I had a James Beard finalist who worked for me, um, Sarah Rinkovich, uh, who was up for that award. She's at uh, la- she's, now. Uh, yeah. And uh, she didn't, you know, she didn't win, but it was great to be nominated and it was, mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> And I can't help because uh, uh, our, uh, our our staff member, Ellie, was just in here taking photos. But anytime we open the door, we get wafted with, I think, burrito smell. And I just want to say, <laughs> would you would you give us your take on the uh, the smell that's wafting down the hall here? Right? I, I, I don't well, I don't on, think onions it's any, make the world go round. Yes, they I do. Well, that's say. why I played green onions to start the yeah. segment, because I'm sure you use a few of those. But that gets us to what you do in your restaurants and you have more than one now and i do have two now and possibly a third um well uh, my i do have a third coming uh it's a different kind of project lula is my home base mm-hmm. is where i'm the chef and i you know i spend every day there uh marisol uh i'm, I'm also there a lot that's inside the museum of contemporary art i am um working on a new restaurant in logan square it's an indian restaurant i'm not the chef i am working with two mm-hmm. uh chefs that are doing indian food and we're trying to do this new um, project. We're not trying. It's going to open in a couple of months. A uh, new project called Superkana. Uh, so I'm involved in that. Um, but I'm not the chef of that restaurant. It's more, I'm, I call myself the producer. I'm like the, Quin- the Quincy Jones. <laughs> That's kind of cool, you know, though, uh, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's awesome. So this, these are the opportunities that come when you've been around and you can, you know, sort of bring people who know um, differently than you uh, together to create. And that's uh, what I see my next role as being. And you are one of the people uh, in Chicago who brought farm to table, made it that phrase viable in in Chicago. You didn't create farm to table, but you were one of the pioneers in introducing that concept to Chicago. Well, certainly, well, I certainly go to the market myself and believe in going to the market. Uh, well, you can see, it's I, not I even fair. You get to walk right around the corner and there's the oh, market. Well, actually, the market I go to, I, 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 the Logan Square Market is terrific. Um, and uh, it's uh, a really important part of our community. Yeah. Uh, the market that I shop at twice weekly is the Green City Market oh, okay. in Lincoln Park. Uh, that's the first market that came to Chicago of the, of its kind. Mm-hmm. And I that's where I've developed all my relationships. And so I'm the first one there Wednesdays and Saturdays. And uh, I, I love it. It's part of my life. And it's it's more about, you know, uh, one thing that people don't understand is that um, a lot of us who use local farms, um, all of us get deliveries. So they show up. We know it's coming. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, there's no surprises in, mm-hmm. in, uh, in the seasonality of things. Um, and that's how we are able to, you know, operate, you know, we're not going to go and pick up hundreds of pounds of produce every, every day. Um, but those of us who uh, believe in visiting the market are there for the relationships and for the stories and for the people, um, and just to get to know, um, the community. So I still go to the market, um, myself all, all the time. So as a chef, how do you shop the market? Well, um, you know, I, it's a lot of schlepping, you know, of, of lots of boxes. Um, but, 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 what uh, you, but I mean, what are you looking for? What, what's, 
that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, I don't, I'm not, there's not, there's very rarely a time when I don't know what's there already before mm-hmm. getting there. There's a, they're very, very rare surprises. Why, why is that? Because the you build relationships with the farmers and the farmers communicate with you directly. So, you know, I get texts. And you're, and you're more in touch with them than, yeah. I, than the average consumer. I think. Oh, for sure. I'm yeah. just talking about the chef life. You know, the oh, chef you, life okay, is right. you get a text message saying radicchio is ready on mm-hmm. Wednesday. But you knew the radicchio was coming. Yeah. You know, radicchio comes and at yeah. this time every the, year. But, you know, the, right, the, seasonal, the, yeah, the seasonal schedule is there. But, you know, there are, there are plus and minuses of a few weeks. So you get to know when, when things are coming mm-hmm. before other people do. And then you order it. I'll say, oh, I want two cases of radicchio and I'll pick them up. The fun part is when um, you get there at the market and, you know, Beth from Green Acres, her dad will go out and pick things that, you know, she didn't know he was going to do. And like there'll be one box of sunchoke flowers or something mm-hmm. like that. And with then your, with your name on it. Yeah. Or I mean, if you get there early enough, it's yeah. your name. Um, so that's the fun part. The other part is that I, you know, I might bring my son or Beth might ask me about how you know, someone is doing, and then we have a conversation. And it's the conversations that actually bring the, bring something deeper to the vegetable. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. it's not just yeah, the there's vegetable. A there's a story, and there's yeah. a personal relationship. And then having the personal relationship means that everybody's going to care more about mm-hmm. that product, you know? And when it comes into the restaurant, they're going to make sure it's treated right. They're not going to, you know, um, they're not going to mistreat it. It's not a nameless box of commodity produce from someplace, yeah. you know, that you don't know. Um, that really, that deepens the experience from everybody, for me personally, but also then for all the cooks that work for us. And one of the things that's happened out of this is, um, it seems like it's almost an improvisation, your, your farm dinners on, yeah, on it, Mondays. Yeah, they are. That started out of at the farmer's market. That started out of the farmer's market. And what's, what it's really become is a like more formal creative enterprise. And as I've moved you know, when I've, as I've gotten older and my chefs have come up, mm-hmm. it's really um, it's it's really me directing them to understand how to put food together, how to react to um, vegetables and produce and also, you know, um, other things. I mean, we, we, we live through the winter, so we're not always, you know, shopping at the market. Right. right. Um, but in how to how to build dishes and how to think in, in the ways that I like to think. And those are the fa- that's the, the mentorship that develops and. uh and the mentorship that really crafts really great cooks. And one of the proudest things for me about Lula is that it has produced really great chefs um, that you, some of whom don't, you know, don't work for me anymore. I've gone on to open their own restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, Do you want to name names? Sure. I'd be happy to. Mike Simmons at Cafe Marie Jean, uh, Jason Vincent and Ben Lusbader at Giant. Um, Hunter Moore is at Parsons. There, there, there are many others. Uh, Ellison um, Park is at Income Tax. Um, there's, there are others too that, you know, those are the ones off the top of my mm-hmm. head. I mean, they've, they've gone on and done amazing things and I'm not saying it's because of me, but because, because Lula, um, was like new dish, new dish, new dish, yeah. this thing, we're going to use this and keep, keep, keep going. And like, there's no time to, to, you know, ask yourself uh, a lot of questions. You put things together <laughs> and, and, uh, taste and, and de- uh, develop, yeah. you know? So how so how do you develop that farm dinner? Um, every Monday night you do a three course. Mm-hmm. Offering. We've never repeated any of the dishes. And you haven't repeated it. So what's... In how many years? Just 20 years. So you can You've do the math. never repeated a dish. No. So no, no repeats. Radicchio's in season, carrots, or whatever's in season. How do you plan that out so you don't repeat anything? So the Monday prior to the Monday that we're talking about, so like last Monday, mm-hmm. um, we 
we ask for ideas. So we come together, the group of us, and we all throw ideas into the table. Oh, see, I thought you just threw a pile of vegetables uh, on the table and <laughs> and say go. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd love, I'd love to do. It. I mean, it's yeah, it's a little that less was, top chef. That was chef-y. the first dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how kind of how it used to be when it was just me. But uh, you know, we will ask for ideas and we'll say, mm-hmm. well, okay, well, you know, bring up Beth. She has radicchio, if, if that's the example we're using, and okay. uh, it's coming. It's coming out this weekend. She said she's going to have it. And um, anybody, anybody got any ideas for radicchio? And someone might say, well, what if, you know, we use the pecans from Tracy and do like some kind of like pecan, you know, pesto-y thing or like a, you know, or an alat or something like that mm-hmm. that's like nutty and, and fun. How can we do that? And I'm like, well, you know, remember that time that we did the radicchio where we grilled it and then tossed it? What if we did something like that? But instead of grilling it, we're going to sear it in a pan with brown butter. I don't know. Like, what, yeah. That's just like, blah, 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 blah. And it, yeah. it comes and I edit these conversations and I push them in certain places. And then we have a sketch of an idea. Mm-hmm. And so then we do our ordering with our farms. You know, we say, okay, if you're going to have Radicchio on Saturday, we're buying it and we're picking it up. So we pick it up on Saturday and then they start testing. So everybody's testing and we'll test the Radicchio and, oh, it's a little bitter when you do it this way. Let's try a different way. Let's set up the grill. We'll grill mm-hmm. it. Um, and then I'll taste it. You know, today I'll be tasting some dishes when this, you know, radio show is over. And they're never done. You know, we have to say, Can I, you, you know. Can you give us a, 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 t- a tip on what's going to be tomorrow? Um, sure. I mean, we're, we're working with um, some spring vegetables that we're getting from a farm in California. Ah. So, um, you know, we can't wait. And so we're getting spring onions. And um, we're, doing, we're doing some spring onion and... Um, seafood uh together um and little and a little bit of dried mushroom i mean we're working on this thing mm-hmm. that has like some umami with the dried mushroom Ooh, but yeah. we just started um so i'll taste that later today um and you know i usually you, give you seem a lot actually of really excited about i'm always this. i'm always yeah. i'm always like the, this part is the best part because they get some of the the sous chefs and uh and my chef de cuisine like they, you know, they're working really hard at putting these things together. And like, sometimes you have to take things away and it's things that they're really dedicated to. You know what I mean? Like this, yeah. this thing that they worked on for, you know, three hours today, I might be like, you know, it's not working. We have to throw that out. <laughs> so, and it's hard, you know, and you, you have yeah. to say, say to yourself, yeah. like a lot of times what will spoil cooking is actually like just adding too many things, yeah. you know, and not being confident in the thing that you're making that that's present, you know, you're, you're sort of covering it up or mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're obscuring it somehow. And like, that's not respecting the original ingredient. So we always, we always kind of take one thing off, you know, before, you know, before we leave. And you don't want too many cooks cause that'll spoil the broth. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. But I mean, we're all about, we, we are about like a lot of, you know, we do have a lot of cooks there and it's about managing them, which is what my, you know, he my just job rolled is. with it. I mean, he's, yeah. he's, just, he's <laughs> heard that line so he's many gonna times. Ignore me on that. Well, but it's, it's actually a, a luxury to have so many cooks there working on this and providing different inspiration. Well, it's a function of being very busy. Yeah. You know, you know, there's obviously there's a financial picture there. And like, if you're not really busy, it's really hard to put the resources mm-hmm. to that. But we're thankfully 20 years later, like yeah. packed all the time. <laughs> That's a problem to have. It's a good problem. All have. right. Yeah. That is uh, Jason Hamill, who is the Good Food Expo Chef of the Year. He's also the creator of Lula and Marisol and kind of a producer of another restaurant. Uh, we've got more. We'll, talk, we'll go into the Good Food Expo a little bit when we come back. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki talking food. Want to get more active to help the environment? Fight climate change? 
advocate for wildlife, reduce waste, and change policy? Postcard campaigns are a great way to help, and PowerPost makes it super easy. PowerPost is the first eco-advocacy subscription box, giving busy environmentalists like you a simple way to make your voice heard. Every month, you'll receive postcards, stamps, writing materials, addresses, and information about a specific environmental issue, including research, talking points, links, and other ways to help. All you need to do is grab friends, family, or your favorite cup of coffee or tea and help amplify the voice for our environment. But wait, it gets better. In each box, PowerPost includes a few green goodies to introduce healthy products for better green living. No luxe beauty supplies, no trendy jewelry, just everyday items that you can easily incorporate into your life to reduce waste and pollution. Plus, surprises are fun. Amplify your activism. Sign up today at PowerPostBox.com and use the coupon code GREENDIVAS for 10% off of your first order. PowerPost. Words have power. Watch out, here I come. So instead of going into food stuff, I just went totally techno. That sounds fun. Yeah. The club is still going. (laughs) Raging somewhere. And with the time change, who knows? Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. This is... Really great this morning. We're so pleased to have you in the studio with us, uh, Chef Jason Hamill from uh, Lula Cafe. And we're talking about um, about farm to table and, and that sort of thing. In fact, uh, during the break, uh, and we'll get to the Good Food Expo in a second because your, uh, your PR lady will get on my case if I don't I know, do let's that. Let's talk about it. It's, yeah. great. it's a great uh, event. Right? It yeah. is. It's a wonderful oh, yeah. event. I mean, that's, there's so much to talk about there. But really quickly... You were talking about getting some things from California uh, in the winter. How do you balance local food versus what you can't access readily? Well, I think that there were some missteps in, uh, you know, prioritizing the locality of the food in, you know, the last, you know, five, ten years of the local food movement. I mean, I, I believe in local, I believe in local meaning personal individual connections with people who are caring about the land and making things in the right way. That doesn't mean that they need to be within a certain mile radius. But that's what you hear. That's the rap is that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's that's 50, because of the carbon. Miles. That's yeah, because yeah. of the carbon footprint. Right. Of course. Um, but um, <laughs> I don't think that that should be the primary way you make decisions. Like we make decisions based on quality, relationship mm-hmm. and carbon footprint. We don't make them just on based on carbon footprint. And I don't, um, I think that those three things uh, create, I, I, they shouldn't, I mean, I don't know how exactly to judge which one's more important than the other. I mean, I'm hopeful for, balanced. yeah, I'm very hopeful for a future in my chef lifetime where, um, you know, uh, what is that thing called? The hyperloop that they're working on in California mm-hmm. where they're shooting people through tubes <laughs> at high rates of speed. I'm really hoping that my um, Cara Cara oranges that I buy from a farm that I know in uh, California are going to be shooting in a hyperloop right to me because those oranges are a special product mm-hmm. yeah. and we don't grow oranges here. Right. Not and, very much. And, no. And Cara Cara is limited. <laughs> They're limited. And that's what I, I mean. We're going to cook with them no matter what. And we're going to cook with lemons as well. And I <laughs> would love. And olive oil. And olive oil. And I would love to reduce the carbon footprint of those mm-hmm. things. Um, but also there are things that are grown here in the Midwest that like are unbelievably good, like asparagus or blueberries. And there are things that aren't so good, like melons. 
and the melons you don't think midwest melons are very good no and uh why is why i is mean that? there are occasions when they're delicious yeah mm-hmm. occasions there are uh, seedling farm makes uh, you know shout out to pete at seedling there are some good there you go <laughs> there are some good melons coming from pete and there's some good melons from coming from beth they're like finding i mean they're really tough to find there's a lot of low quality melons so what makes a good melon versus i mean i the best melon I've ever had in my life was in Italy, and it was a transformative mm-hmm. experience. We did, there's no melon like that I've ever tasted. Is it in the soil? Is it the? It's a terroir thing. It's a fa- yeah, it's, the yeah. It's a tw- it's, and it's also like a cultural thing. I mean, these people have been growing these melons for you know a long time, and they specialize in this one area and this you know this yeah. this particular melon, and it's it's un- it's unbelievably good. Um, and that is um, what well, for the uninitiated. How would you characterize it? Can you possibly characterize it? Um, I, I mean, uh, for that melon. Yeah, I mean that melon. I cannot characterize. It's a, a, aroma, texture, everything. Yeah, it it is something that okay. I mean. It's there's a sweetness that mm-hmm. isn't cloying. There's a texture that's firm but still gives. And uh, yeah. you know, uh, it it was an amazing melon. I mean, I mean, it was kind of goofy. Talk about. Um, and I you know, no, yeah, I get it. Yeah. You get it, right? Yeah. So, like, and that's that region is it makes it grows those things in this amazing yeah. way. You need the tube to come from Italy across the Atlantic and to Chicago. I mean, people try that. I mean, we certainly buy. We're buying uh, white asparagus yeah. from but it's lost from Europe right now. It loses it something travels, in the yeah. time, yeah, and that's why people yeah. need to travel. Yeah. But here in America, like, we can develop like um uh like we don't need to be growing the same things in Illinois that we grow in. Uh, South Carolina that we grow in California that we grow in Texas mm-hmm. like every farmer's market in New York every farmer's market does not need to look exactly the same you know what I mean because right. of the vegetables that right. are like trendy right. or whatever like I hope that as as this but do they do you think they uh, currently almost look identical uh-huh. you know what I mean people um, want to find the ingredients right they do and so everybody's growing everything and like that might not be the best solution and like I this is probably hearsay and I'm probably getting it I love heresy okay I, you know, like uh, um, but uh I that's how I, that's how I think. It's like that we need to develop in America. We have not developed like a real understanding of vegetable terroir, and mm-hmm. um, it's it's burgeoning and it's coming coming this way. And in the Midwest, we really need to think carefully about what we want to grow yeah. and and you know where it's going to go. And that is going to mean that we have to transport these things from place to place. You know, in Italy, when you go, I remember sitting um, in with my family at like this amazing seafood restaurant. Uh, in Liguria, which is, you know, northwest Italy. And in this restaurant, I was kind of looking in the back and the crates of tomatoes show up. They're not showing up from Liguria. They're showing up from Campania, like from the south. So mm-hmm. they travel there. And granted, it's not that far. You know what I mean? It's, right. it's you know, a 10-hour trip or whatever it is. But that's where the best tomatoes are. And that's where this restaurant was buying them. They weren't buying them from their local market that was making the tomatoes. They were buying them from the best yeah. possible place they could. And they were celebrating that in their cuisine. And I, I appreciated that. This is a great conversation to have, though, in the future. We can't, we need to move on. But yeah. the idea that our, how do we develop that, that uh, culture here mm-hmm. in the Midwest with our farmers markets and with the growers, you know, we're not even that far removed from <laughs> turning corn and soybeans into what they call specialty crops. I mm-hmm. always laugh when I hear specialty crop because that's actually the food on your table, right. what they call a specialty crop. I just want to make sure I've got something before. Go, go, go. Pilot light. 
You oh, were right. one of the founders yes, yes. of Pilot Light. <laughs> and when I'm looking at the clock going, we have two minutes. We have two minutes. You want to talk about So Pilot Light is an organization that uh, I founded along with uh, chefs Paul Kahn and Matthias Merges. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we do is we create educational experiences in Chicago public schools for kids um, that connect food to the things that they're learning in the classroom. So, um, you know, you could be working on a, you know, math problem or, you know, an issue in history or uh, social studies or even a piece of writing. And we'll work with the teachers on developing a classroom experience that um, that's surrounding food. So it's actual sometimes we're cooking, mm-hmm. sometimes we're not. Sometimes we're just investigating. Um, sometimes we're building herb gardens, We, you know, et cetera. But what we do is we use food to engage students, connect them, and to sort of uh, get them in, in excited and interested in what they're learning. And um, it's in 16 uh, schools currently okay. and growing, serving thousands of kids and, and many, many teachers. And I'll be talking a little bit about how food can connect us um, in my demo when I do the demo at the Good Food Expo. All right. If folks want more information about Lula, uh, they can go to lulacafe.com. Our thanks to Jason Hamill. Go to Lula Cafe in, as I said, my neighborhood, Logan Square, and and try some of Jason Hamill's wonderful farm-to-table food or go to Marisol at the Museum of Contemporary Art. Until next time, go green or... Go home. Uh, Stadler? Uh, What? Is that it? Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much. 